miracles occur. In the next three weeks, two weeks, whatever it is till they come, we're, gonna, we're going to help you and I be prepared and be expectant of what God wants to do. And the, the Bible says we must enter boldly into the throne room of grace. And let me tell you where boldness comes from. Boldness comes from knowledge and assurance it's going to happen. I have tremendous assurance. When I go home today, Gianna's dog's going to be in the cage I left her in. I have a boldness. As a matter of fact, I would take any bets, unless somebody else hold the money because I don't gamble anymore, I would take any bets and tell you that dog's going to be in that cage. And the Bible says faith brings assurance. So we're going to work on things today and next week and get ready. How many want, how many want to see everybody healed? All right, let me ask you this. How many know somebody right today that needs healing, deliverance, or needs a miracle? Just raise your hand. How many here today say, you know, I, I need a miracle in my body? I need a miracle in my body. I need that. Well, I'm going to encourage you today just to hook up with me, and we're just going to, we're just going to start today and look at some scripture and build faith and build expectancy and build an encouragement where you and I can receive what God has. They'll be ready. I promise you, I promise you Reverend Tad will be ready. I promise you Tanner will be ready. I promise you Josh will be ready. I promise you they'll be ready on their part. We're going to talk about the different ways of healing in the next two weeks. There's not just one way of healing. God is so merciful. He's... He's sorted out many ways we can be healed through the power of His grace. So I just want to encourage you and I to be ready for that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your healing power. And we might be sitting here, some of us going, you know, I don't need any healing, I'm fine. And the truth is, that's wonderful. But someday, all of us will need to understand the power and the faith of receiving healing, either for ourselves or for others. So we open up our hearts today, Lord, and we just begin to look at the Word and we begin to line ourselves up in a place of receiving. Not by works, not by good deeds, but simply by faith and trust. Just a place of receiving in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Well, when Jesus came and he lived and died and paid a price for us, it was way more than just getting us redeemed from our sins and going to heaven. How many thankful we can go to heaven when we leave this place? How many knows God wants us to experience some heaven on this earth? And how many knows we can only go as far as our bodies will allow us? Because the spirit and soul of God lives on the inside of us. We're three-part being. First, First Thessalonians chapter 5, I think it's verse 23, tells us that we're three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of you lives on the inside of you, looks exactly like your outside. Because we have instance after instance in the Bible that people who had already passed from the physical place of this life, were recognized by people, by their spirit. Then we have a soul. That's our mind, our emotion, our will, and our intellect. And that's where the battle occurs. How many here is born again this morning? You're on your way to heaven. How many here battles thoughts in your mind? How many had a bad thought this last week besides Pastor Pat? I was at Raymond homecoming. I had a bad thought or two come, and I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was the enemy. We must begin to discern... What thoughts are ours and what thoughts are the enemy? How do I know it was the enemy? It went, it went contrary to this book. That's why if I don't know what this book says, I'll never know whose thoughts are coming at me. Is it me? Is it God? Or is it the enemy? So, we are a spirit made in the image of God. We possess a soul, which is our mind, motion, will, and intellect, and we live in a body. 
when the body ceases to function, and I really don't like this saying because I, it's not spiritually true. So-and-so died. No, they didn't die. Their body just quit. Their house is vacant. They didn't die. Let's get this straight in our hearts today, guys. We're going to live forever. Everybody say forever. forever. I mean, there's no end and there's no beginning to how it looks. We're infinite, finite, or fine, whatever it is. We're going to live forever. But here's what we have to understand. We have as a whole usually 70 to 90 years in this time of existence to leave an eternal impact in this earth. Eternal. That's all we got here. To leave an eternal impact. How many wants to leave an impact for the Lord? And I know you do. And we have this little bitty space to get this done for the Lord. And if we'll follow Him and trust Him and live out this life, you'll have an eternal impact. Now if we don't, and people refuse God and push against God and serve the enemy. Um, you know, we can name all kinds of people. Like Hitler, he had eternal impact. Cost millions and millions of innocent souls. Because he was demon-possessed. And he hated God and he hated Jewish people. He had eternal impact. So George Washington had eternal impact. So did the woman at the well had eternal impact. So did Deborah and her six, seven daughters who were prophets had eternal impact. And you and I can have an eternal impact. So did the donkey that Mary rode into Bethlehem had eternal impact. Surely we can find somewhere in there, amen, to have an eternal impact. So the Bible's teaching us so many things. I'm just going over some things to help us understand. Jesus paid for all of our problems. Galatians said in chapter 3, he became a curse for us so we didn't have to live under the curse. Let me just, let me just go over briefly here what the curse contains. The curse that came when Adam and Eve failed and sinned, when mankind sold out to the devil, when mankind went his way instead of God's way, here's the curse. Number one, separation from God. They were separated from God. Matter of fact, Adam said, where you been, God? They covered themselves with leaves. They noticed they were naked. And there was separation from God. They were barred out of the Garden of Eden. And stationed there were two angels with flaming swords, and they were kicked out of the house because of sin. The wages of sin is what? Sin will kick you out of the house. Not his love, but out of the house of provision and grace. But aren't you glad when we sin, we have a merciful God that forgives us? He's not going to hold it against you if you and I repent and just turn from it. So number one, separation from God. Number two, this is the curse. This is what happened. Before this, heaven was on earth. The Garden of Eden was, was heaven to Adam and Eve and it was wonderful and it was full of God's grace and there was great communication and they were healthy and they were blessed. And number two, when sin came in, um, when the curse came in, was uh, sickness and disease came upon them. They hadn't been sick. There's no sickness. Listen, that's why it's so foreign to us to be sick. That's why we don't like being sick. That's why it doesn't even make sense that God would teach his people with sickness. You don't have scripture, New Testament scripture, to prove that right. It is wrong. Some of us have been taught wrong. Well, you're paying for your grandmother's sins. That's not your job to pay for your grandmother's sin. No, no. We got to pay for our own sins. How many say amen? And Jesus done paid for them, so we don't have to pick up the tab on that. So sickness and disease came in. Now they're separated from God. They've lost that communication. They've lost that connection with Father. And now sickness and disease is loose and rampant in the earth. 
Okay? Sickness and disease. I just heard a statistic last night. I thought it was quite interesting. You know the number one country in the world for heart disease? Nope. Now, we're, we're where we shouldn't be. Number one country for heart disease in the world is Russia. And what has Russia done for years? Pushed against the gospel of Christ. Russia. They have 115 million people. They rank in the top ten in the five major diseases. Because there's no free word there. Why do you think America, why do you think we got such a great start? Because we're smart and patriotic? No, because God set this thing up. How many say amen? God had this thing planned that he'd raise up a country that some countries are already 6,000 years old at that time, he'd raise up a country that would become the flagship of missionary work sent around the world. And now the truth is, we've got so much junk going on in America, they're sending missionaries to us, thank God. But it's not over. Turn your neighbor and say, it's not over. Now, we're talking about the complete deal here. So the curse was released when sin entered into the earth and it was separation from God, sickness and disease, and then the third part of the curse and, you know, guys, I'm not going to go through every little scripture because we, we've been over it, but I just want to redo it in our minds. It's poverty and lack. Now, some of us were raised to believe that the poorer you were, the closer you were to God. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been pretty broke before, and I didn't feel too close to God. Let me say amen. And Paul said, I've, I've been abated and I've been abound. I've been this and that, but I know there's a peace in God. I'm not, con I'm not conjuring that. I'm not coming against that. But God didn't, God didn't make mankind to be sick, be broke, and be unhappy. He created mankind to be dependent upon Him in all that we do, that He is the, the vine and we're the branches, amen? And from that, from that, we get to live out this life of learning how to overcome, deal with trials and tests. Anybody tell you that if you live for Christ, you'll never have a problem? That's a lie. There's going to be trials and tests. But the Bible says we overcome them. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our what? What's the testimony about? About moving from sickness and disease to health. About moving from lack into blessing. About moving from separation to God into a full communicational relationship with Father God. That's what we get to, that's what we get to brag on. Is everybody with me? Say this with me. God's a good God all the time. All right. Man, we all know somebody's sick. We all know somebody fighting disease. We all know somebody fighting different things. And some of it's been passed down. Let me talk just a second about culture. There's some of us been brought up in a culture of you expect sickness, so you speak sickness. We've always had this in our family. We've always fought cancer in this part. We've always fought this in our family. We've always fought that in our family. And we begin to say and confess what's coming down our road. And you know what happens? Now the abundance of the, of the mouth, the heart speaks. You know what happens? Life and death in the power of what? The tongue. So we can trace back where we're at to the tip of our tongue. So what are we confessing? Listen, this is what we don't do. I'm telling you what, we've been taught to be too quiet and not be bold enough as Christians. We just sit back, I'm a good person, I love Jesus. I'm telling you, you've got to be like a bulldog and go get what belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. We got to be like the woman with the issue of blood. She broke several ordinances getting to Christ that day. She crossed the line. There was a physical footage line that she should not cross because she was hemorrhaging blood. 
She should not cross and come into the city. Number two, she was a woman. She's not to approach a man. Man approaches a woman. And number three, she was desperate in her faith because Jesus, when she, when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus felt what go out of him? Virtue. Virtue. Faith. Knowledge. He said, somebody's touching me. The disciples said, you know, we got about 7,000 people bumping into each other here. It's like roller derby. What do you mean somebody touched you? And she said, he said, somebody touched me with faith. Now here's the thing. Here's what the devil says. You'll never have that much faith. I want to tell you something right now. The measure of faith God gave you when you got born again is more than enough to destroy the devil in any capacity. The measure of faith that God's put on the inside of you, that we water with the word, that we water with praise, that we water with experience, is more than enough. So I want to encourage you today, you have enough faith in you to receive healing whichever way you and God desire because there's multiple ways of healing to come from heaven. It's not just one way. We'll talk about some of those today and the rest next week. There's, everybody say multiple ways. And see, so many times we just we, we bear down on one or two areas that we, we're familiar with or we're comfortable with or we've seen somebody receive healing. And let me just say this to you just to start off so nobody gets, so none of us get cockeyed. God uses doctors and medicines for healing. He uses surgeries. He uses all kinds of things. But there is a healing where we walk in a healing that even surpasses that. And that's called divine health. So we don't, we don't wait from healing to healing and miracle to miracle. We learn how to live inside the power of the Word and the Spirit of God where we can get to that place that we live in divine healing. Let me just say something else. You don't have to get sick to go to heaven and die. When I say die, I'm talking about the physical body. Again, when we go bury somebody, we got an empty body, or we, we've had a cremation, and we're just sitting there looking, they are still alive. They're just not here. They change addresses. They're not sleeping in the ground waiting to come out. They're not all of these things people say. They are, they are spiritually somewhere. And as a believer, the Bible says, Paul said to be absent from bodies, to be present with the Lord. I, I like to confer with that and also like to say when Jesus said, I'll come and get you when it's time. In between time, I'm going to build you a house. In between time, I'm going to build your house. And I believe God loves us so much we can be specific in our prayers for our house. I don't care about golf, but I sure would like to have a herd of cattle behind my house. Wow, you're stupid. No, he give me a desire for cattle. And you know, since we're in the New Testament, the pig thing went out. I'll take some pigs too in heaven. Anyway. Look at your neighbor and say, God's good all the time. The curse, separation from God, sickness and disease, poverty and lack. That's why being without and doing without is not normal for you and me. That's not the way God created it. Now, the Bible teaches us that faith will bring hope. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now remember these, faith, hope, and love. Everybody say faith. faith. Everybody say hope, hope. and love. love. You got to check what's in your head right now. You got to take a head test. How many believes that God can heal any problem in anybody's life, physically or emotionally? Now watch this. How many believes he'll heal you? That's the key. Will he heal you? Sure, he's no respecter of persons. He'll heal you. Say this with me. My God, let's say it real loud. My God is no respecter of persons. If he heals so-and-so, 
He'll heal me. It's not based on your merits. It's not based on your good works. It's not based on how many times you went to church. It's based on trusting Him and loving Him. How many withhold, withhold, withhold no good thing from your children or grandchildren? Matter of fact, how many acts really stupid over your grandchildren? You, you went nuts. You love them. You lay in bed and think of ways to bless them, right? Now, where do you think you got that love from? The devil didn't give you that. Mankind didn't give you that. Mankind's love went cockeyed. It's went, we went squirrely. We're kissing whales and killing babies. Man screwed up. The world's messed up, people. We don't need to get opinions and instruction from the world. We need to get it from the Word. And we need to love people through the Word. Jesus was the most patient, long-suffering, loving, kindest person that ever lived. And that's why he said, let the kids come to me. I'm going to tell you, kids are a good judge of character. Kids and dogs. If kids run from people and dogs run from people, and if that's you, we'll pray for you. Something ain't exactly right. Because kids got little meters on the inside of them. And the little meters are built to trust. And that's why the devil has brought so much perversion in the earth with child pornography and abuses and sexual sins and all this stuff that God wants us to be freed of. And listen, that's everybody. The world's already trapped in it. But Paul spent several books talking about how to get freed of it from the church inside. we got to quit playing games and pretend none of this stuff's in the church. Why, why we get so quiet? 43, 43% of pastors admit they have a problem with continual porn problem. Pastors, 68% of all men in America say I've got a porn problem. We need to deal with it in love. Has anybody ever run through a field and got a thorn in your foot when you were a kid? Anybody ever got cuckleberry stuck in your hair? I've got to take you another level. Anybody ever been on the creek bank and got chiggers? And you scratched for a week and a half and they poured everything on you from lard to kerosene? We got some chiggers to get rid of. But we can't go around going, I ain't got no chiggers. I ain't got no chiggers. Why am I so juiced up? I've been back home for a week. I've been to Rama. I've been to homecoming. I, I re, re, re-tightened the bolts on my foundational wagon, and I just, um, I love God. Amen. Always have, but I love Him more. And I love, I love my connection, you know, I love my Baptist roots. I love my Rhema roots. I love, I love my roots. I love you guys. And guys, we just got to get this thing going. We got a harvest to bring in. Amen. There's a harvest coming in. Can you dream with me that there will be, down the road here soon, first service will be completely full. Look how full we are right now. Look how much we've grown the last year. Everybody look around. Used to be 35 adults in here on Sunday morning. That's Frank. He's led worship. About that, right? Look here. How many can believe with me there's this whole bunch of people that they want to choose first service to make their service? How many can believe with me in a year's time this thing will be full on first service? Worshiping God. Honoring God. Feeding on the Word. Getting what God has to take out there to that world. Like a gas station. The church is like a gas station. People pull in and they fill up ready to make another trip. Trip behind enemy lines. Trip where it's dark, where it's confusing. Trip where we go with the grace of God and we're stealthy and we're undercover and we go in and love people. So, first of all, we've got to start believing God wants us to be well in our spirit, in our soul, in our mind. What does John 10, 10 say? What did Jesus say? The thief comes, but what? Steal, kill, and destroy. The devil doesn't want you healthy. 
The devil doesn't want you at peace. The devil doesn't want you prosperous. Why? Because when you walk in those things, you're able to do more for the kingdom of God. I, what's your biggest fear, Pastor Pat? Two. I get before Jesus said, you're here 20 years early because you need to make some adjustments in your body. And number two, there's some things we probably need to work on in how you dealt with the people. Because I'm going to answer to a higher call as a pastor and a teacher because I'm going to be, I'm going to be held accountable. Not going to knock me out of heaven, according to Scripture, but I'm going to be accountable for what I said. Is that true? That's what it says. That's my, that's my two fears I fight. Getting there early, and he says, you know what, you just took off on a venture there. It wasn't exactly me in it. It helped some people that wasn't me. Amen. I just want to do what God's got for me to do. That's going to fit in with the purpose and the passions on the inside of us. And we know that this is a journey, guys. Please, please allow whatever's happened in your life, good, bad, and indifferent, to be part of the journey that God has for you. Jesus said the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have what? Abundant life. God kind of life. Everybody say abundant life. Overflowing life. Overflowing. That means when we stand there and we don't have to debate what we're going to buy this week, do I, do I get my medicine or do I get something I want to eat? Abundant life is where we have more than enough to give the other good works. Not only for my four, but I'm able to help other people. That's why, listen guys, I want to tell you something. Just think about it. It, it don't cost much. How many here goes through a fast food window at least once a week or every now and then? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Just practice sometimes paying for the person behind you. And most time you won't know it. Just do that. Just As God leads you, just pay for their early morning thing. I was on my way somewhere and stopped at Midway, at daylight, to get to go through, I don't know where I was even going, and to go through a line, and there was a construction guy in a truck behind me, and I just did it, just said, okay, God. And here, here's what, as soon as I said, what does that guy owe behind? Here's what the devil said. He bought the big package. It's $12.99, so... That's what he said. I'm going, well, I can cover that. But he just got coffee and a hash brown. Don't you know that guy chased me clear down 64 trying to pass me to get a good look at Who's that ignorant guy? Just kept driving me. Just look at me and just took off like he's ignorant. You know what? If we're really going to do what Jesus did, we're going to be peculiar. We're going to look different, act different. How many say amen? We're not going to answer to the same word the world answers to. We're not going to freak out when something goes wrong. We're going to hold fast to our holdings like Warren Buffett does. Warren Buffett doesn't sell much, but he sure knows how to buy. You make your money when you buy, not when you sell. You make your money when you get in on the front end of something, you begin to believe and you stay with it. And you let God change you and multiply the things on the inside of you. You say, why are you talking about buying and selling? It's a very godly thing. And we're buying and selling our life. So, all these things, all belief starts with a thought. And we take our thoughts and compare them to the Word, and our thoughts must live up to the Word. And the true Word is when you see salvation or the word saved, it's from a Greek word called sozo. S-O-Z-O, sozo. The issue is most of us was raised just understanding the first part of that definition. And sozo, the first definition of sozo is redemption from sin. Now how many is glad today through the blood of Jesus and the power of the cross and the resurrected Savior that we can spend our eternity in heaven? But how many like to have a little heaven here? How many like to have a little heaven here? Listen to me. I was a little boy on a Sunday night listening to a missionary in Africa, and I remember, I remember not vaguely but specifically what happened that day. 
and the missionary was wanting support and wanting help, and there was an offering taken up. And I remember giving that missionary somebody in our church body, and they did it with the right heart. They just didn't know that God is a God of excellence. We didn't quite get it then. We're still working on that. And they gave this mission, a missionary a set of used sheets and a used typewriter. Well, that was glorious to that missionary. They didn't have either. But I live for the day we go out and we, take, we make a sacrifice and we buy something better than what we got to give to somebody. Because that's what God did. I got something better than you got. I'm going to give you what I got. It's better. He's better. I'm going to give that to you and you're going to be able to reap the rewards of that. How many can say amen? And you know, usually when we don't give, we, we just get into a heart of, of being fearful. And I know I've been there. I mean, we, we do that. But here's what salvation means. Here's what sozo means. It means redemption. The second definition means healing. When Jesus died on the cross by the stripes of Jesus, we what? We're healed. We quote that. But I'm telling you, we need to fight that all the way down to flus and colds. Well, I, listen, listen. Whatever you tolerate will become a habitual part of your life. Tolerate. How many don't want to tolerate anything the enemy has? How many can say amen? The definition means redemption of sin, healing. It means wholeness. It means prosperity. It means you're defended. And it means peace. So what did Jesus do? Look at Acts 10, 38. Let's look at that in our scripture today. Acts 10, 38. Let's look it up. If you want to see an example of Father God, let's look at what Jesus did. We're talking about healing for our bodies. We're talking about healing for our minds. We're talking about being strong. We're talking about running. Like the Bible says, the prophet of God outran the chariots in an old age. Listen now, we'll have what we say, amen? Listen, your body will lie to you. Your feelings will lie to you. You are not your feelings. We need to talk to our body. How many in the morning you got to talk to your body to get it jump started? How many say, come on knees, come on, we're going to do a little better than this. How many sometimes we use stimulants like coffee and Red Bull? Red Bull's got wings. Okay, yeah, okay. How many of those monster? That's not good for people's bodies. Is anybody here? But it's become part of the culture. Listen, culture will label you. Don't let the culture of your family label you with sickness and disease. I mean, watch this. How many had people in your family die early with heart disease? Raise your hand. There's always people. How many had the thought you're never going to live long, you might as well just cut the dice where it's at and just give it? I'm telling you, you need to come against that. With long life, God will satisfy his servant. How many say amen? You need to say, I've, I've, I've got the heart of David on the inside of me. I've got the heart of the line of the tribe of Judah on the inside of me. God's going to fix my heart, mold my heart, make my heart. I'm going to finish strong. You don't have to be sick in your body to leave this place. We can be like Charles Caps. We can be like Enoch. Enoch walked with God. One day he got closer to heaven. He was at home. He walked with him every night. God just took him home. Elijah left in a chariot. Charles Caps, one of the greatest teachers of the Word of Faith movement in the last 40 years. He was a farmer from England, Arkansas. He taught the Word. There's a miracle in your mouth. The creative power for miracles. He taught all kinds of things. A great teacher of the Word. He taught quantum physics was just God. Because an atom can be in one place, an atom can be in another place, and God can be in all places. How many say amen? 
He told his family two weeks ahead, he said, I'm going home on Saturday on this date. I'm going to go home somewhere around 5 in the afternoon. I'm just letting you know I'm done with what God's called me to do. I love you. I want to go home and be with Jesus. And I want to tell you, that old man sat down in a rocking chair and he left at 5 o'clock with no sickness in his body. That's how I want to go. I don't want to go strapped to tubes and hissing machines and nurses that don't even want to be there. How many say amen? I don't want somebody poking me in the butt, sending me out of there. You say, well, you're crazy. I'm asking you to start being crazy with the word. I'm asking you to jump across that place of being comfortable and just getting by. I'm asking you to stop tolerating me and you and receive what God has. We have a harvest to reach. We have thousands of people. We have multiple churches to plant. We got a lot to do. You say, well, you'll get tired. You'll be wore up by next week. I don't think so. I think I'm wound up for a while. I'm asking you to wind up with me. How Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So that tells me sickness is from the devil and sickness brings oppression. You can't do what you want to do. You spend too much money on prescriptions and medicines. You feel limited. How many say amen? So I say we're working our way at it. Don't get under condemnation. We all got stuff we're dealing with. I'm telling you, let's just take a step forward in faith today because we're going to overcome those things. And I want to read to you out of Psalms 103. That'll be our last scripture. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love Pastor Pat, but I'm, I'm about had all I can have. Amen. No. Psalms 103. Now remember, we're going to talk about next week the many different ways God heals. And we're going to start off with the gift of healing. In 1 Corinthians, what's that, 14? 14 or 12? 14? 12? Anyway, 12. We're going to talk about that. And that is... Watch this. That is as the Spirit of God wills operating through someone that those gifts lie inside. And that's where Reverend Tad Gregory's comes in. He operates in the gifts of healing. That means it's not going to require much faith on your part. It's more faith on his part. See, God makes this thing up so it can be totally on our faith. It could be on the faith of others. So that's as the Spirit of God wills. And that's when the spirit of healing, the gifts of miracles, that's when they flow through a person and other people. And yes, your faith is required, but I'm telling you there's places where one man didn't have any faith, but he had four friends that drug him on a sheet and pulled the top off a house and lowered him down in the middle of the house. And most people think that have understanding of who Jesus is, they believe that was Jesus' house. Now, let me ask you this. If you were conducting a meeting in your house and you were doing good and you'd already ate the fish and people were listening and you have a meeting and it's crowded, then all of a sudden you heard a sawzall cutting your roof. You're looking up and sawdust is flying and shingle bits is flying and insulation is flying and they cut a hole in Jesus' roof somebody's roof and they lowered him down and he told the guy the faith of your friends has made you whole what's well, important who's your friend I tell you what there's certain friends there's certain people I know I love with all my heart but if I'm sick in a hospital I'm about to go I don't want them there because they can't speak nothing but doubt and unbelief I want somebody to crawl up in the middle of me full of faith and divide death in the face in the name of Jesus I want somebody to pull the cord I want somebody to stand in faith I want somebody to just agree with what the doctor says. It's the worst case I ever saw. That's a great opportunity where man fails, God supersedes. Yeah. 
So it's real important who your friends are. Right? Just like growing up, it's real important to find out who had the money in their pocket. That's who you want to go with. How many say amen? Amen. Look what it says. Let's end here. Psalms 103. This is what David said in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, affectionately and gracefully, and praise the Lord. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who, get, who forgives all of our iniquities and sins, who heals all of your diseases. Look what it said, your diseases. Heals your diseases. Put a name to it, then put the name above that. Call out the disease and put the name of Jesus that's above every name. See, Jesus got a stripe for that. How many seen this stuff now about I got an app for that? Free apps, got an app, app, app. Whenever a disease comes along, Jesus turned around and said, that's stripe number seven right there. That covers all cancers right there. 39 plus one. That stripe right there covers all cancers. I don't care if the new ones they haven't found. I've already found them and covered them. Stripe number 14 covers all illnesses with bone problems. Right there. Right there. I got it right there. It's categorized in heaven. Just put your hand on it. Just believe. How many say amen? Just believe. I want us to be the healthiest people we can be. A merry heart does good what? And that's one of us. Listen, guys, everybody listen. I'm going to close. Listen. One way some of us can get healthier is start smiling. If you have to practice in your mirror, just start smiling. If you have trouble, rent some old Three Stooges movie. Start smiling. Mom and Paul Kettle. Some of you young kids need to Google that. Mom and Paul Kettle. You think you grew up in a crazy family. I mean, those Mom and Paul Kettle... I was Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. I mean, you could just go down the line. And they're not vulgar, and they're not dirty. I rented a car in Tulsa, and I couldn't get the radio off. And I was on a segment of dirty comedians. And I kept pushing buttons, and it kept getting darker and worse. So finally I said, Lord, you've got to get me off this thing. So he said, just turn it off and turn it back on. And I did, and I got the NFL channel, and I was happy as a lark. How many say amen? <laughs> Listen to what it says. Forget not. Forget not all his benefits. Forget not. He forgives all of your diseases. He heals all of your diseases. He forgives all of our iniquities. He redeems our life from destruction. What does sickness try to do? Destroy us. Destroy us. So we'll do it. Try to slow us down. Trying to keep us from leaving strong. My dad was, God really blessed him with health for the last few years of his life. I mean, really blessed him. He was, well, the first attributes that people talk about my dad was his physical strength. And he knew God gave him that strength. But when my dad started not doing as well, next week we'll talk about why are some people not healed? How many's ever had that question? Is healing for all? We'll talk about that. But when my dad started not doing as well, his, he was so associated with being so strong so long, it was hard for him to adapt. And the reason was God doesn't want us to be sick and broke down. Amen? God wants us to be strong to the end. He didn't want us to follow the finish line. He wants us to run through it. Amen? And he wants us to be active. Now listen, listen, listen to this. Listen, please. The percentage of people passing within five years of retirement, if you don't find something to be busy about with the things of God and purpose, I'm telling you, 
when you retire, if you don't have direction from God, if you don't have a stirring from God, what do you want me to step into here? Do I have another career? Do I have something else to do? What do you want me to do? How do you want me involved in the church? What's the next steps? What's the next steps? I'm telling you, if you and I don't do that, you might as well go down to the funeral home and make your plans. Because it's coming sooner than later. Because you've lost purpose. You've lost purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not going to lose my purpose. Amen? All right, let's just pray. Father, I thank you today for encouraging word that you're the healer, you're the deliverer. Part of the atonement package was healing and health. And Father God, I thank you that every time we hear the word of God, faith increases and faith comes. Father God, I thank you today that on the inside of us we're being stirred by our faith, that you're a good God, that you withhold no good thing from your children, that you're, uh, <laughs> you're no respecter of persons, that healing is available for all of your children, and it's in the package of salvation. So Father, I just come against doubt and unbelief and things that would hinder us and try to keep us from receiving healing for all capacities of sickness and disease. And Father, I just thank you for everyone here.